0: Listen, money is emotional. So, even the act of doing this could be scary for some, and that's okay, right? I can happily walk you through it. What you're going to do first is get financially naked. So, it is time to get vulnerable. We are looking at all the numbers. Where are you at right now with your finances? How much money do you have incoming? So, if that's a salary or side hustles, how much money is like coming into your life, into your bank account? How much money is going out? Now, do you have debts that you're paying down. List them out. How much money does it cost for you to live your life a month? List it out.
1: Welcome back to the Living Solo podcast, an ambitious woman's guide to living a bold and inspired life. If you're new here, my name is Asia Brown and I'm your host. I'm a tech professional and a travel beauty lifestyle blogger, which brings me to the series I'm so excited to kick off with you all. The series is called The Power Of. The Power Of is a journey of solo travel, mindfulness, and personal empowerment, featuring myself and a few special guests. In this episode, I'm so excited to be talking about the power of financial literacy and living your best life through financial understanding and financial therapy. I am so excited to have my guest, Asia Evans. Asia, welcome.
0: Hi, Asia. Nice to see you and nice to chat. I'm excited to get into it.
1: Yes. It's Asia squared today. Yes. <laughs> Never happens. Never. It's so crazy. We spell our names differently, but it's fun to be interviewing another Asia. I'm really excited. So A little background about Asia, she is a board-certified therapist, speaker, and consultant specializing in financial therapy. With over a decade of experience in mental health, Asia has made it a pillar in her work to help others feel supported in their financial journeys. With a commitment to assist people navigating their intersection of mental health and all things money, Asia is penning her debut book, But I Only Got Water. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) In addition to her practice, Asia is a consultant to fintech companies looking to integrate the emotional side of money. She has been quoted in major news outlets such as the New York Times, Bloomberg, CNBC, and the Nerd Wallet. Coin a feel good financial therapist. Asia is on a mission to get people engaged in living their best life while attuning to their thoughts feelings, and behaviors around money. When she isn't encouraging people to talk openly about their emotions and money, you can find her chasing her two young children or looking into the next delicious place to eat. So I'm especially excited to have you here today for many reasons. I know we met at Afrotech last year, which is so crazy. It's almost that time again. I get questions all the time as a travel content creator, as a travel blogger, about how I afford my trips. And to be honest, I wing it most of the time. <laughs> so when people ask me that question, I don't feel necessarily equipped to give them some advice on what they can do to, you know, travel and financially manage our travel and budget. And so I'm excited to have you here today to learn more about you, how you think about living your best life through finances. So, Can you tell us a little more about what got you encouraged into this work? I'm clinically
0: trained as a therapist. So I went and got my master's in counseling psychology, have been working as a therapist for nearly 15 years. And when I was in my twenties, I was living in New York city. I got a new job and I was making more money than I had before. And I just felt like I should be able to do all the things that I wanted to do. And my bank account and my credit cards really were not in line with what that vision. So when I was shopping and living my best life and going to brunch and happy hours and just doing what, you know, a lot of people my age were doing, I also wanted to be saving. I also wanted to be paying off. I still have student loans. And at the time I had a car payment. So I still wanted to be paying those things down but I just felt like things were a little tighter than I wanted them to be. And I didn't understand why. So that really kicked off the beginning of my journey to get a little bit more financially educated. And as I was doing that, I really had the sense that other people were going through what I was going through. They just weren't talking about it. Any of my clients would bring up money, I'd be like, oh my goodness, I love talking about money. Let's have the conversation. Let's bring that into the space. And what I found is that a lot of people felt uncomfortable about their money or felt weird or had a lot of emotion about it. Had started bringing that work into my practice, but it wasn't until the last few years when I found the Financial Therapy Association and a few other certificate programs that I decided that, oh, I really need to focus my training and
1: more education
0: on financial therapy.
1: That's amazing. Can you tell us more about the foundation that you founded? What does that entail, if anyone is interested in looking into that?
0: Yeah, so like I said, I had my education, like formal education through university colleges or whatnot. But when I found, first I found the Center for Financial Social Work, and that's a program that you can take a training and get certified in. And then next I found the Financial Therapy Association, which really just brought me into a community that I was able to talk to other therapists or financial professionals about this work, the work that they were already doing, the work that they were researching, as well as I found Trauma of Money and that community that really pours into people, providers, practitioners about the variety of feelings that people might go through when we're navigating our money. So if you are looking into this work or you're looking for a provider, that's where I would start.
1: That's amazing. I feel like everyone can relate to this. As you mentioned, like money is very emotional. And I think, especially in your twenties, I'm now 30, but especially in your twenties, you're like trying to do all the things and travel and go to brunch and hang out with your friends. And sometimes it's I'm sure it can feel like embarrassing when you aren't making as much as your friends or, you know, you see everyone living their best life on social media or traveling and all these things. And so I love that you are in this space and I love the term uh, financial therapist. I feel like that's very, it feels comforting and warm. And it feels like we can talk about finances in a safe space and not like you're going to tell me that I can't spend money for the next three months. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. For someone who, for example, is trying to take like two or three trips a year, Mm -hmm. how would you go about giving them advice to plan for that? Or at least one trip, like one big trip to Mm -hmm. Europe, let's say.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, first of all, is considering what your needs are when you go on these trips. Many people travel very differently. You have the people who are totally comfortable staying in a hostel or staying in a room with other people that they don't know, all the way on the other side of the spectrum, maybe somebody who is like, hey, I'm going to spend all of this money. I want to be making it rain. I want this luxury experience of being international. And that's beautiful, but we need to figure out how you can do that and afford to do that. I don't want anybody going into debt for their experience, which unfortunately happens quite frequently. And personally, I did myself. When I took a huge trip to Europe, I went into debt for it. I don't regret it, but I definitely could have done it a little bit differently where I didn't have to take on debt at that time, but I didn't know. So, you know, we live and you learn. So I'm going to pass this knowledge as somebody who is older and put it to the world that you do not have to go into debt for your experiences, but it will take planning. And then I would say we're going to talk about the dreaded B word. So whether you want shoestring budget or luxury budget, you need to decide what's important for you. You do have to budget. And when I say budget, I think the reaction that usually happens for people is your reaction. They're like, God, you're going to tell me I can't spend money. And that's not what I look at a budget as. I think in the past, that's definitely how other people have brought about a budget to the masses. But to me, a budget's like, hey, these are priorities in my life. This is where the money needs to go. And that's it. So if you have a line item to make sure that you can go to brunch with your friends, Yes, you can go to brunch. You get to spend $150 a month on brunch, $200 a month on brunch. That is a line that can be a line item and that's fine. Oh, you want your makeup from Sephora or wherever you shop, put it into your budget line item. The difference is, is that when you want to do all these things, but you can't afford to do them when your salary or the amount of income doesn't it's lower than how much money you want to be spending a month. And then you kind of have to decide, okay, maybe I can't spend $150 at brunch. I can spend 75, or maybe I am saving for that big trip. So every time I get paid, I'm going to add $150 to this savings account that I'm not touching because that's going to let me go to Europe. That's going to let me go to Bali. That's going to let me go on that big trip that I want to go on. So Add it to your budget. You have to create a budget, my friends.
1: So how do you go about creating a budget? Like I know, like, would you say, yeah, what are steps? If someone's like, I've never had a budget or I don't like to budget, how can we make this less terrifying for those folks? (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, listen, money is emotional.
0: So even the act of doing this could be scary for some, and that's okay, right? I can happily walk you through it. What you're going to do first is get financially naked. So it is time to get vulnerable. We are looking at all the numbers. Where are you at right now with your finances? How much money do you have incoming? So if that's a salary or side hustles, how much money is like coming into your life, into your bank account? How much money is going out? Now, do you have debts that you're paying down? List them out. How much money does it cost for you to live your life a month? list it out. And then if we're really, really getting naked, which I want people to do, you have to also include if you're saving for retirement. So if you have other things that are kind of, hey, this is for future me, list that out too. So you can see, this is what my financial life looks like. This is what I owe. This is what I'm saving for. This is what I'm currently bringing in. So that's step one. Step two would be, we're going to focus specifically because we're creating a budget on what your monthly expenses are. So I need you to list out literally everything. So your fixed expenses are going to be your rent, or if you have a mortgage, if you have a car payment, if you have a student loan payment, all of the expenses in your life that don't really change month to month, that's gonna be your fixed expenses. Your variable expenses are going to be groceries, gas, Anything pretty much that may go up and down. So one week you may spend $50 on groceries. Another week you might spend $80 on groceries. But the point is, is that we need to know the pretty much the average cost of what you spend on anything in a month to keep you alive, to keep things going. And that after you reach your, hey, this is what I need my bare bones budget. This is what I need to have internet to get to work, to do my work and to keep a roof over my head and food in my belly. That's your bare bones. Anything after that you want to add the brunch, the Sephora, the saving for your vacation can be added on top. Once you realize that your income minus your expenses leaves you something left over. And I think that's really what's important for people. Budgeting is not meant for you not to have a good time. I'm not telling you not to enjoy your life. That is boring. Money is also to be saved, but it's also to be spent. You should enjoy your money. I just don't want your money that you're using to enjoy, um, to eat into paying your bills. Yeah, that's
1: helpful. I'm curious too. So when you are planning a trip, for example, what are some things you need to calculate? Like okay, flight, hotel, like luxury versus hostel as you mentioned previously, mm-hmm. food, excursions. Is there a dollar amount that is too much for someone to spend on a trip or does it is it relative to how much you make?
0: Here's the thing and these are my opinion, somebody else may not agree with me and that's okay. I think if you can afford it, if you are okay Saving for a year, saving for five years, saving for whatever amount of time so that you can have this bang out vacation, do it. I am not gonna tell you not to do it. I, Like I said, I just don't want you to go into debt later on because you are still paying for that vacation you took three years later. Like we should not be doing that. So Mm -hmm. honestly, if you save $20,000 for you to go on a week-long vacation somewhere that is amazing for you, that's great. I am not going to hate on that. I am not going to tell you no, but the difference is is that you need to be okay with what you're sacrificing to be able to go on that vacation. So if for you, you're like, I'm gonna save for three months and I'm gonna do a cute little weekend. I'm gonna have a good time. That's gonna be a great thing for me, but it's gonna be really fancy. Awesome. I'm saving for five years so I can spend $20,000 on XYZ or more. Like you can fill out the time and the date, whatever works for you. But I, I don't really think that there's too much money to spend on a vacation, if that is something that's really
1: important to you and you spent the time to save for it. That's a really good piece of advice. It's really good advice. I feel like $20,000 for a trip for me, I would be like, why? when? But like, to your point, it's like, if you want to ball out because you haven't, you know, maybe your head's down focusing on your business or whatever that makes sense. This is super helpful. I know that there's conversations about Roth our IRA, like stocks, Crypto, Bitcoin, what would you say is the best way to invest your money? Because I know for me, I try to, like when I do get my paycheck and I don't have to put a big chunk of money towards rent, I try to invest in stocks and um, all the things that I just mentioned. What do you think is a good dollar amount to allocate to that? Or what percentage, I guess, Mm -hmm. of your income?
0: So, I mean, I think, so this is when we start to like figure out which one, what's our lane? Right. So I tend to really deal with the emotional fact. And I know about the the numbers and the IRAs and the stocks and crypto, but that's when it's kind of like what feels appropriate for what we're I'm doing with my client. So I'm always going to say that people need to be saving something for the future. You do need to be investing in the future. There are certain um, budgets like the 50, 30, 20 that will say you should be saving 20% of your income. Some people will say you should be saving 10% of your income. I think it really does depend on how old you are and how long you'll be investing. Because as you know, when you're younger, you have, time on your side. And time is the biggest thing when it comes to investing because of compound interest. So I would say looking at how much money you have, if you have employer employee match, take advantage of the employee match. Like these are important things. But when it comes to the best amount of money or the best percentage that you should be saving for the future or investing, I'm less concerned about the number and more concerned that you actually do it. And I think because sometimes people feel like they don't know enough information that stops them from doing. So at the very least, take this as your time to say, if I have an employee match, I need to max out that employee match. And then if I wanna do something more than that, I'm going to start reading up on what it might look like for me to get involved in stocks, in crypto, in things that are outside of retirement. But employee match is gonna be the biggest one I think that take advantage because it's literal free money. Somebody is giving you money into your account, take it. And then learning about the other vehicles outside of your employee match that you may want to take advantage of.
1: Yeah, that's super helpful. You hear that? Max out your 401k. I try to do that too. It's really helpful to have that support for sure. Free money. We love free money. (laughs) (laughs) True. Asia question. So what surprised you most about this work? Like as you started talking to clients, Mm -hmm. like maybe you had some preconceived notions before getting into this work and now you're in the weeds of it and have been in this work for quite some time now, what would you say? You're like, oh, I didn't realize that that was a challenge for folks. Yeah.
0: So I think I knew that people didn't really want to talk about their money, but I didn't realize how big of a pain point it is for so many people. And we're still not talking about it. And I think that combination of both has just been really surprising to me. I thought that, yes, I want to give therapy. Yes, I want to talk about money. Yes, I want to have these conversations. But I didn't think that other financial professionals were still struggling with their clients to also have kind of some of these conversations. And of course, there's a level of sensitivity that is required when you start opening somebody up about their their feelings about money. But I guess I was thinking that if you had hired somebody, you would be okay talking about those feelings to them, but that hasn't been the case. So I'm just really, really surprised that This is such a pain point for so, so, so many people. And I say this across the board, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Like you could have no money and you could have all of the money. And those two people could have the same pain point about money. They could still be going through the same emotional hangups or barriers about money. And I think we don't really understand that because it's so taboo and nobody wants to be vulnerable. And it's like, oh no, like if I share that I'm going through this, then it makes me look weak. And that's quite the opposite.
1: I love that you said that vulnerability is strength. And I'm all about being transparent and vulnerable, but I do agree. It's like the dollar amount. I was in this class and they were just saying like, you can flex all you want on Instagram or any form of social media, but what's in your bank account is really what's, what's going on, you know? So it's easy to look like you have it going on, but to really come to terms with where you are financially and like budgeting is. Very interesting journey. Um, yeah, which leads me to that. Or like, what are some lessons that you learned from your financial literacy journey?
0: So I would definitely say that I want to spend my money, I want to live, I want to go on vacations, I love to go out to eat. I really learned where my own priorities are. I love doing all of that, but if my financial standing doesn't allow me to do that, I'ma just be over here at home. Chilling, being upset that I can't go out and do the thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that there are different seasons. Like, I am in a very different place than I was 10 years ago when I started this journey. I have two young kids in daycare, I have a mortgage. It is not what I was doing by myself when I was just responsible for me. So, I don't mind making those sacrifices that younger me would not want to make because it's for a different version of myself today. And I don't want to feel like I felt then. So I really take the time to be like, you know what? It's pretty cool that I get to sit in this whole ass house that I'm paying for and sip this cute tea. Would it be awesome if I was out to eat with my friends and drinking wine or whatnot? Of course, but I'm still grateful and living in the blessing of like, hey, Asia, like you are paying your mortgage and that's pretty sweet. Like that's, have your friends come over here with the wine. You can sit in front of your fireplace and have a nice time.
1: (laughs) Yes, that, I love that you said that. You hit on so many marks that made me think about my childhood. Like my dad would always say, there's always gonna be another party. Like, you know, sometimes you have to make that sacrifice to reach your goals and whether that's financial goals or what have you. So I love that you said that question though speaking of Mm -hmm. vulnerability when you are coming to terms with the fact that maybe you're not in a place and maybe this person you are like okay financially right now I'm not in a place where I can go to brunch but I want to invite some friends over Mm -hmm. do you communicate that with your friends or to your friends or do you just say like hey come over for wine instead of going to brunch
0: Yeah, both. I'll do both. Um, But (laughs) I think blame it on my day job. I'll talk about money all the time. Like I don't mind talking about it. And sometimes I'll take cues because it does make some people uncomfortable and and that's all right. So I'll just kind of disclaimer, like this is what I do. And then people are like, oh, and they're either okay with it and want to start talking real conversations about it or some people aren't. And that's okay. So There are times that I'm like, I'm broke, but I miss you guys. Do you want to come over and we'll drink wine? Or what do your plans look like? Let's get together. But sometimes it is hard. Sometimes you do want to say, yeah, I can't wait to book that house next summer for our families, um, but I can't right now. And it just like we've got other things going on financially and that can be hard, but if your people love you and they want to spend time with you, which is who you should be hanging out with, they understand and they're not mad at you if you can't like book the beach house or whatnot. So I'm going to always champion having real conversations with the people closest to you and that you know and trust and love you about where you're at financially. So if that means, hey, I'm really trying to cut back on my budget this week, so I'm not going to go out to eat. But if you want to come over and make food together. Let's do that. Or come over and we can do something fun that we like to do. Like, great. So yeah, it's hard sometimes in the beginning, but once you start, it's very easy.
1: Okay. It sounds doable. I feel like even, yeah, transparency is key. And I think that also brings people, I think social media is a marker or it seems to be a marker of how people think someone is doing rather than how they're actually doing. So having that transparent conversation does kind of, it's a form of intimacy in a way. Like you said, naked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's why I use that term because it is very intimate and it can be very vulnerable. And it I mean, listen, people will get naked with somebody before they'll tell them your salary. And that is wild to me. Like you would Uh rather right. Hey, we'll talk about it. it. (laughs) You would rather like get naked with someone than tell them what your debt is or tell them how much you're making. And Why is that? Money is so much more vulnerable to us sometimes than our own bodies. And I feel like we have to kind of break that open to start allowing ourselves to just have fuller relationships and to come out of the shame. There's so much shame in money. There's so much shame in debt. And I just don't think people need to live like that.
1: I love that you said that. That is so real. People are, I mean, yeah, it's just easy to give your body rather than financially naked. So I love that you, that you made that comparison. What keeps you disciplined daily or weekly about your financial decisions? But like, how can someone like stay disciplined in their financial decisions?
0: Yeah, I would say, remember what you want. So For me personally, remembering what I am trying to achieve helps me stay disciplined um, and what I'm trying to keep going. So like my overhead is really high because I have two kids in daycare and I have a mortgage and that stuff is expensive. So that keeps me disciplined. But if I was talking to my younger self who may have only been married or didn't have kids yet and the things that keep me disciplined aren't like blaring in my face, I would say my financial priorities, remember what you're doing. And if you need to hang it up on a mirror or a poster or something that's gonna remind you, oh, we're saving for that trip. That's important. You're saying no to this dinner because you can't wait to go to that bachelorette party with your friends. You, you can put, some people put like stickers on their cards. So their debit card or their credit cards, like a little sticker, like only for emergencies. So it's just kind of a reminder, like I can't use that card. This is for something else or take it out of your wallet altogether. Disconnect Apple pay from your phone. I know that's hard, my friends. I know it's hard. (laughs) take your credit cards out of Amazon, right? Like I'm coming for all of it. All of it. So (laughs) it's really easy when it's just a click of a few buttons, right? When you wake up in the middle of your night, like, Oh my God, I need that thing. Scroll, 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 click, click, click done. It's coming to your house. Then you wake up, you're like, wait,
1: what, when did I buy that? (laughs) It's like, do you have a camera in my place? Like, how do you know I have it? <laughs> I feel attacked right now. <laughs> you are so spot on. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, because
0: that's, that's a lot of us and that's a lot of the things that we do. So if you really want to stick to your budget or what your financial priorities are, remind yourself almost every day, you are saving for X, Y, Z. You are doing this for, you want to retire early, early. You're like, I gotta put, I can't be spending this money because I don't even wanna be working this long. So let me do this. And sometimes, again, it takes sacrifice, but it doesn't mean that you are less valuable or less fun or somebody that people don't wanna be around because you have financial priorities.
1: I love that. That is such a great reminder. So if you were to talk about your work, what are three words that you would use to describe it? That's a great question. I love that.
0: I would say, Relatable
1: vulnerability and humor. Oh, relatable vulnerability and humor. Wait, tell me about humor. So because I'm I fun for everybody.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. I bring so much laughter to my sessions. Like oh. I think that we can be laughing and joking around during some of the hardest parts of our lives. And I think that if you can cry with someone, you can also be laughing and those two can be hand in hand while you're in the middle of therapy. So I just think that, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, once we have processed some of the bigger things, I will say to some of my clients, like, we're talking about really heavy things. And once the moment is there, I'm like, yeah, that was really crazy. Like, that's a lie. Are you okay? <laughs> like, let's and pause for a second. <laughs> let's pause for a second. Like this, you are doing too much, too much. <laughs> so I just, it's just who I am as a person. And I think it's important for who I am that I bring that to my therapy. So I do.
1: Oh, that sounds like a therapy session. I want to be a part of you can laugh and get better and real with your finances. I'm like, sound like sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> so <that's> my brand <laughs> speaking of sign us up, how can people learn more about your work? I know that you have a book coming out and in addition to yeah. your book, how can people follow you?
0: Yeah. So I am on I-G at Asia E-Therapy. So it's A-J-A-E-Therapy. I'm also at TikTok at the same name. And you can find me at my website as well, which is AsiaEvansCounseling.com.
1: Nice. And when is your book coming out? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm waiting for the
0: publishers for us to figure out when we can publicize it. But the hope and goal is sometime
1: next year. Ah, I'm so excited. This is a question that I am asking all of my guests. What is your why? Right now, it's
0: my family. But I would say after my family is that little old lady Asia, I want to be so fit, getting a little tipsy on the coast of some European city and enjoying my life. And that's it. Like, I just want to be like, whose grandmother is that? (laughs) And I just want to be so fly, jet-setting around and taking my kids around and my husband and potentially their kids or their friends and being like, your grandma is absolutely insane and I love her and I need to be around her more. Like, that's who I'm trying to be.
1: Yes. And to your point, well, I guess the purpose of this whole conversation is getting financially naked and making the right financial choices will lead you to that. Any parting guidance for our listeners? I would say like, if you feel
0: weird about money, you have emotions that come up. You are not alone. Many, many, many people have them too. People just aren't talking about it and find somebody, whoever that somebody may be to start having that conversation. Really just start talking about it. It gets better the second you open up about it. Um, shame really thrives in isolation. And the second you start talking about it, it diminishes. So I would just say, start talking about your money, start start talking about your feelings and you're never alone, never, never.
1: I love that. What a comforting way to part away from this episode. So thank you so much again, Asia. This has been such an enriching conversation. I know this has been a topic that many people have reached out to me about. I'm really excited to check out your book next year. Uh, It's called, But I Only Got Water. So stay tuned for that. And I will include all of Asia's information below so you can contact her and follow her. Continue on this beautiful financial literacy journey. Thanks again for being here, Asia. Thank you. This was great. So much fun. Talk to you soon. bye. Bye. I'm